Welcome to Make More Money Without Selling Your Soul with me, Polly Lavarello, Evergreen Marketing Expert. This podcast is for you if you are an online entrepreneur who's looking to simplify their business to scale. On this podcast, you can expect to hear regular talk about wealth, about selling, and about well-being. Because I believe these three core fundamental things are pivotal to your growth moving forward. Hello, and welcome to Make More Money Without Selling Your Soul with myself, Polly Lavarello, evergreen marketing expert and cushy business pioneer. Talking of cushy, today we are talking about how to give yourself a day back. Yeah, this is the process I refer to as committing to your cush whenever you join a program with me. And I'm going to be breaking down the process I take my clients through to help them create more time freedom because who doesn't need more time. I, as a busy mom of two, am certainly always looking for how I can create even more spaciousness in my life. And time, I find, is a bit like money in that the closer your relationship to time, the better your awareness of it, your ability to be hands-on with it, is what enables you to have significantly more power over it. Previously, for example, money would come in and out of my account and I wasn't regularly checking into my bank account to see what was coming in and out. Now I am very closely connected to my finances. If ever there has been a wobble in the past around, is there enough money coming in this month? Previously, I would bury my head in the sand. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to know. It feels really scary. Let's just hope somehow it works out. Now I go look at my numbers immediately and I'm like, oh, that's one more one-to-one client or that's another sale of my intensive or that's another person joining Scale with a Power One. Oh, that, that's pretty manageable. What can I focus on this week to make sure that happens? And it really is that simple. And it's exactly the same with time. But you're probably thinking, but I don't have zero tracking time going in and out. So how do we do this? Well, fabulous question, friend. And I'm about to break it down for you. There's a few exercises you can be doing. So if you've got a notebook handy, or perhaps you're on your phone, you can pause this episode whenever it feels good. Because while I won't be sharing with you the very same exercises in terms of the actual worksheets and thingamajiggery that I give to my clients when we work together, a lot of these exercises you can do without any worksheets, just purely on me breaking down what these very simple exercises are. They are surprisingly simple. They really won't take you very long. You could literally take this morning off, give yourself three hours in a coffee shop, not even that, and just do these exercises that I'm about to share with you and look at how within the next four weeks, you could already be knocking one full working day off what you're doing currently. Nice. (laughs) So let's talk about this, committing to your coach. Why does this even matter? Well, What I will say for myself personally and for my clients, I was very guilty previously of the mindset of just there never being enough hours, right? When you own your own business, there never are. There's always something that needs doing. And if there isn't, our busy minds will create something that needs doing. And I was really guilty of putting my kids to bed and then getting back on my phone or getting on my laptop or sometimes not even really doing anything on my phone, but just having it out while watching TV almost almost out of a kind of sense of feeling a bit guilty about fully disconnecting and allowing myself to enjoy myself. It's incredible, honestly, when I think back to how my mindset used to be around time. I'd also tell myself that my existing clients would be hating me or potentially be thinking about leaving me should they discover 
I'd gone to a yoga class that morning that had eaten until the first hour of my business working day. I regularly found myself not giving myself lunch breaks. Honestly, I had some of the very worst habits. And it's not surprising, to be honest with you, that when I had COVID, it actually had me bed bound for six weeks. And I look back and I recognize I was a very busy single mom. I was on benefits. I was working really hard. There was a lot of stress going on. I'd only recently left my husband. But I do think the toll of not just living like that, but the pressure I was putting on myself greatly contributed towards me essentially wiping myself out. And I then had long COVID, which went on for months afterwards. And I don't want that for anyone. You know, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be COVID related, but it is definitely true that if you don't look after yourself, your body will start to tell you that it's not happy. And just quite frankly, nobody should need to get to that stage. So today I'm showing some simple exercises that hopefully will help you look at your time differently. This isn't so much about your relationship with time or about boundary setting, because that would be a whole podcast episode in itself. But here are some really simple practical exercises you can do to help you perhaps, well, on a practical level, change the way you're managing your time. So firstly, this is a really simple exercise. I absolutely adore it. And it's simply looking at the last 12 months in your business and getting out maybe a side of A4, pulling your journal out and reflecting on what were the real needle movers in your business? What were the things that helped you kind of work the way you like to work in the hours that you like to work in the way you like to work? What were the activities that generated the most consistent revenue? Reflect on all of these things. You know, what's really funny is that sometimes I share this with people and they're like, God, I feel like I should know this. Such a simple exercise. So eye opening. Some people come back and will say, gosh, when I'm really consistent with my content, I see that's when the most inquiries came in. Or the month that I launched and ran £2,000 in ads was actually not my most successful month, but the two months that followed were. So perhaps that one month I ran ads was actually more helpful than I realized because it just got new people onto my list, new people into my world. So there's a lot of things that we look at day to day, month to month. But when we look at it across a year, we can have a lot more awareness of what was working for us, what wasn't. And we might even see really helpful patterns like, oh, there's a particular time of year when it can be quieter. So do we use that opportunity this year to also have a quieter time ourselves and give ourselves a bit of a break? Or do we use a different kind of strategy in terms of sales over that period to ensure this consistent revenue? I mean, each to their own. I'm in the camp of let's take a break, but I know there's others who will look at it more from the perspective of how do I create consistent revenue and sell in a different way to ensure that's coming in. Neither's right or wrong, whatever works for you. So that's exercise number one. Secondly, and this is another one that we so overlook and it's right under your nose. It's exactly what you're doing today. It's looking at your daily tasks. Although I say daily, I would look at your tasks across a week, potentially across a month. If you have like monthly accounting, for example, daily, weekly, monthly, but essentially write down all the things that you're responsible for in your business. So if you have a team, there may be a variety of things you are not responsible for. Forget about those. These are purely about the things that you are doing. Okay. And then I want you to just get two columns and stick them in one or the other. If it feels sticky, stick it in one. And when I say sticky, I mean like you're getting blocked. If you're going into, I don't know, update your funnel, is that the kind of task that you go in thinking it'll take you five minutes and an hour later you've come out the other side? Is it creating, I don't know, promotional content for something you're selling 
that takes you three hours when you think it's going to take you 30 minutes. And then have a look at where you flow. So those are the two columns, what feels sticky and what's flowing. And the better awareness you have around what's sticky and what's flowing will enable you to then think about what you may want to be ditching, delegating or automating. So it goes without saying, the stuff that you're flowing around, you don't necessarily need to ditch, delegate or automate. It may still be that you're working in your zone of excellence rather than genius, in which case it could still be something you chose to delegate. But it's really good to essentially just remind ourselves of all the tasks we're doing in our business and which ones we really excel at and which ones we don't. And it may be a good opportunity for you to assess whether there are additional things you could be outsourcing to your team, to your VA or similar. And then this is one of my favorite. And this is one that most people feel huge resistance to. Okay, so we've got the task one, 12 months, what your needle movers. Task two, daily tasks, weekly tasks, monthly tasks, what feels sticky and what's flowing. And then finally, before you fully decide on what you're going to be doing in terms of teams, I recommend that you and your team, if you have one, do a time audit and look at where your hours are going. Okay, the majority of people think if I say to them, what do you do on your average working day? They'll be like, oh, well, I spend one hour perhaps on social media between creating content and responding to people, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe another two hours doing coaching calls, two hours on sales calls. And then one hour just working on the business into whatever. They'll think they know really clearly. And then when they put it down in their document and they start auditing their time, they are nearly always surprised. They're nearly always like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually spending five hours a week on accounting where I've actually got an accountant. Why am I spending this many hours on accounting? So sometimes it might highlight a hire you've made that's not actually been as helpful to you as it needs to be. So audit your time. Then, okay, so this is essentially the problem phase. Like we've highlighted all the problems at this stage and also the things that are working. So we've got a really good idea of like what your needle movers have been over the last 12 months, what daily tasks you're getting in the weeds with, which you don't need to, which ones you're really, really good at. And so you want to be doing more of them. And you've got really clear on where the time drains are when you audit your time. So we've got lots of really good, what I'd like to refer to almost as data here. Now we're thinking about, well, what do we build from here? What are the foundations we're putting in place to do things better moving forward? This is the kind of committing to your cush stage. So this is where I kind of say, tell me, what is your ideal working week? And be really honest. You know, some people, particularly in the early stages of building a business, will go, well, of course, I'd love a three-day working week, but that's not really realistic. I'm going to need to be working probably six days a week, for the next three years, because I've heard you have to work really, really hard before you get to the stage that you get to kind of cut back. You know, I need to earn my place. I need to get the money coming in. I need to get the testimonials coming in. And really, honestly, I made that mistake in the first year of business and it was totally unnecessary. Like I say, I actually probably lost so much on the other side of that in terms of illness (laughs) and all the, I mean, I'm laughing. It wasn't funny. All the ways that I really struggled following on from that that where I put in extra time earlier on, I 100% ended up losing it on the other side. So I really, really, really don't recommend that approach. Plus, to be honest with you, it just cements in a habit and a mindset of I am what I produce. It's that whole mentality of like the harder I work, the more I deserve. It's just not true. 
It's really not true. The reason why you've chosen to work for yourself is because you recognize you have an expertise that people want to pay for. They don't care if you're working a six-day working week or a three-day working week. I just want to highlight that to you right now. They're not going to go, oh, we should give her our money because she's working really hard. They're giving you the money because the transformation you're going to support them with. Working smarter, not harder is always the better way to go about doing things. So think about what your ideal working week is. And by the way, I say this with all the love in the world. I was also, before I burnt out, I really found it hard to believe. I was like, all the people who talk about how you can start your day with yoga and meditate and do all these other nice things are also childless or not a single mom or or just, you know, they've made it. They've already got revenue coming in. The reason why I'm hearing this message is because they've either been published by a book author already or they've got a podcast. How do they know? How do they know? Please trust me when I say, I know. Essentially, I made these choices to change in my business before I saw the evidence of how it got to be sustainable. I just trusted when I looked after my energy better, when I honored my own boundaries, when I trusted that looking after my energy would have the knock-on effect it needed to have. Everything else just kind of grew immensely from there. Like my first ever 25K month, my first ever 40K month, etc., all came off the back of me realizing I can work a three-day working week. I remember taking sales calls while walking down to a belly dancing class and someone saying to me, I want to be on my way to a belly dancing class on a Monday afternoon. How do you build a business and life that allows you to do that? So please trust me when I say that there's never going to be, and I know I shared this on another podcast not long ago where I said there's no big voice that's going to come out the sky. I think it used to be a lottery advert where a finger would come out the sky and point at somebody. (laughs) That's not going to happen, okay? We cash our own permission slips. We are the ones that decide. So please, when you think about your ideal working week, have fun with it, please. Just have fun with it. Don't just kind of give in to what you know already, because what you know already isn't working. Okay? It's not working. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. You'd have skipped and be like, I'm already happy. I've got like you're listening to this because you're curious. You're curious because somewhere in your deeper knowing, you know that you could also have a better life work balance. So please be honest with yourself. Because I'll tell you, I've made some of the most simple hacks in my life, which are I only do work on my business on a Monday, which allows me a really gentle start to the week because I have no calls. I also do no calls on a Friday, which gives me the flexibility to either go to the hair salon or sometimes I'll go work in a coffee shop. It's not necessarily that I don't work at all, but the majority of those Thursdays I choose to use them for self-care. So I'll often go down to beach box sauna or various other things, but it's a time to kind of fill up my cup because I'm a mum. I spend my whole weekend running around after children. I've recognized I need it. Maybe I won't need it indefinitely, but right now I do. And then the three days in between, you know, Tuesday is a long day for me. It's full, almost back to back with coaching calls, but I like it that way. I love the work I do. And I love that it's so tidy, which leaves space on Wednesdays and Thursdays for sales calls, which at the moment I do myself because I really like to get to know my clients before I start to work with them. So that was my ideal working week. But all of this, you know, not all of it happened overnight. I think this is an important thing to say. I think sometimes when people think about their ideal working week, they'll be like, oh, but I've got a client who's with me for the next three months and she's used to speaking to me at 8 a.m. Well, firstly, have you ever asked that client if you can move the call? (laughs) So what I would say here is dream up what you really want. And we'll talk about the actual implementation part next, okay? But don't start worrying about that. Don't start worrying about, 
oh, how will this client respond to it? Will I find time? Is this actually possible? How much time do I need for this? Just let all those big questions go. Take a deep breath. And just think, if it's thinking about, well, what was the business I was working towards in three years time? What did I imagine I'd have once everything was under my belt, once consistent regular revenue was coming in? What did I believe or what do I believe is possible for me? And then let's write that down because that can be your reality now. And you know what? That's one of the things I love about time because in your business, one thing we don't have as much control over is money. There will always be certain fluctuations that occur that we have less control over. One thing you'll always have significant levels of control over is your time. And what's the one thing people always wish they had more of, particularly towards the end of their life or on their deathbed? They don't say, I wish I had more money. Most of them say they wish they had more time. So isn't it amazing when we recognize how much power we have over our own time? So yeah, have fun with that ideal working week. Be really truthful about what's good for you. And then what we do with that is create a business model that facilitates it. So with various clients I work with, they'll often try and create like strategies that I'm like, why do you want that extra strategy? It's going to take up this many extra hours of your time for a negligible kickback. Let's keep this simplified. Let's keep it streamlined. And this is why I'm such a huge fan of signature high ticket offers sold evergreen, because you don't need a huge number of them. They don't take up a huge amount of time. And they give you that spaciousness with your finances to have that three-day working week. I mean, sometimes even less with ease. I mean, when I say three-day working week, I don't mean three days of coaching calls. I mean, one day of coaching calls and two days for working on the business, creating whatever you want to be creating in that time, recording podcasts, writing books, like you get to have the three-day working week as you like it to look. So now we're clear on the business model you need for that, let's say, three-day working week. I know I'm putting ideas in your head here make them what they are, whatever your goal is. Then it's about writing down that goal and then breaking it down into micro goals that will take you there. Again, this is not reinventing the wheel here. You may have heard of similar. I'm sure the majority of you who've ever worked with a business coach, you will know that the majority of them will say, what's your big goal? What's the medium goals that will get you there? What are the micro goals that will get you to the medium goal? And what are the things we can be doing today that will get you that bit closer? Such a refreshing take on goals, because not only have we got the big, I'm not going to say pie in the sky, but the big kind of juicy, slightly stretchy goal at the very top of what I refer to as a pyramid, which is how we write ours out. But you then have the power to know that today you get to start working towards that big, juicy, expansive goal. And like I say, when our goal isn't just financially fixated, but very much on our time, it's incredible how empowering it feels to have a business that is run on your own clock. And like I say, nothing suffers for it. In fact, what I've tended to notice in my own business is the less hours I work, the more money I make. Because when I allow space for creativity, when I allow space for self-care, when I allow space for play, when I allow space for networking, and being with real humans and getting away from my laptop, honestly, that's where the best ideas for my business drop in. And that's what also allows me the energy to be able to show up with such generosity in how I serve my clients. Like that's one thing my clients always reflect back to me, how highly invested I am in them, how generous I am with my time. And I can do that because of the business I've built. And I love being able to do that. So don't ever feel 
that it's selfish to do any of these things. Everybody benefits when you have a firm handle on your time. So here we go, my lovelies. Let me know how you get along with these exercises. Let me know how they drop in. I genuinely want to know. I've been really enjoying receiving DMs from various listeners sharing with me the breakthroughs, the aha moments, how it's benefiting their business. So please always drop into my DMs. I love to hear from you. And next week, I'll be talking about how you can use low ticket offers to funnel people into your high ticket signature offering. I'll see you then. In the meantime, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave it a review or share it with your friends, whatever feels good to you. Thank you for listening.